Everybody, live from Koreatown on a lovely 75 degree spring day, it's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, who's incensed about some misbehavior that he watched this weekend. <laughs> What's going on over there, icons with the, with the Giants Listen, head on? <laughs> let's get into it. Forget about the Giants. I, I, we get into what we need to get into right now. Okay, well, let's get let's straight go, away. Let's, let, yeah, yeah, when I get you in that squirrel circle uh, on Sunday, Randy <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have to commend Showtime because Showtime Boxing put on a great card this weekend. And a lot of people didn't feel like it was a great card. Some people didn't feel like it was a great card because the first two fights weren't necessarily competitive. But I thought they were great in the sense that they showed uh, the next generation and they showed how dangerous that next generation can be. And I appreciated that. And then we actually had a great fight for the, for the, uh, the main event. It was the Broner-Vargas card. It was Adrian Broner, a.k.a. AB, about billions, or I'd like to refer to him as all bad, <laughs> uh, versus Jesse Vargas. Uh, we'll get to that fight. But let's let's start off uh, at the beginning of the card. You know, uh, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather Promotions, protege, Gervonta Tank Davis fought in the opening fight. And uh, and he actually looked like the phenom that everybody thought he was going to be. He was refocused. He was retuned. And he even said as much after the fight. Uh, he defeated Jesus Cuellar, who's, you know, not the highest level of competition that you can have. He looked terrible. He looked pretty bad. Slow. Yeah. Soft. Yes. Looked like cookie dough. Wow. <laughs> Tell him how you really feel. <laughs> and uh, But Jesus was there to fight, and he did he try to, there. you know, he did, he did try his very best, but he got the, the TKO'd in the third round. Took some tremendous body shots. He did, but you know what? I always wonder about guys like him who have the size advantage, reach, and everything else. Why is it that they don't stick to their strengths? Why Why would you get into that little crap position? Why wouldn't you stand out there and pop your jab and establish something to get somebody like Tank off of you? Because Tank was a problem. He Tank was on him. He started off, actually, he started off popping the jab. He started off acting like he was trying to make some noise. You knew it wasn't real. T- more importantly, <laughs> Tank knew it wasn't real. <laughs> Tank knew it wasn't real. <laughs> Tank knew it wasn't real. He knew he would abandon it. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. He knew that he would abandon, and it didn't work out the right way. Um, you know, but I'm happy for Tank. Because Tank actually, in my opinion, Tank came to play and he came and and he showed something in that fight. He showed that he recognized, hey, you know what? I wasn't all the way there in my last fight. I lost my belt on the scale and he he said he was humbled by that. Yeah, which was completely unacceptable. And he's a young man that looked like he learned from his mistakes. Which is commendable. Yes, very much so. And this is what I mean. I'm, 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 I, actually, uh, I actually like that. It's rare that you see these guys who, who actually say, you know what? I messed up and I'm going to do better. I'm getting refocused. And it's even more rare that they do get refocused and then they comment on that. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It was it was great to see. And it was great to see. And he was super duper humble. Yeah, he took a slice of humble pie. Came back, you know, and and won. And won. It looked impressive. Yeah, I mean, and looked like he was supposed to look. Now, you know, Jesus Cuellar is no Lomachenko. No. 
And I think that he this still may be a little bit too soon. But we're about to find out. We're about to find out. He looked great, though. I think that he would definitely be competitive. But Lomachenko doesn't have pop, and he hasn't had enough fights. Javante hasn't either. But I think that Javante has thunder. He he hits hard. He does hit hard, but Lomachenko has footwork for that ass. Yeah. And what ends up happening is... And he would stay with the jab. That, that, <laughs> and he, he is completely disciplined. He stays with whatever it is that works to confuse you into quitting. Yes. And he's got enough pop. Actually, I don't. I don't agree with that. Loma gets a lot of leverage on his punches. I don't. I don't feel like he has pop like that. I don't know, man. I this see, is what ten, fifteen fights I haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> not even fifteen. I yeah. think it's ten and one, nine and one, something like yeah. that. But uh, but we saw a lot to a lot of promising activity, a lot of promising activity with uh, with Tank there. So I'm I'm you know what I'm pretty pumped up about that. I hate the fact that it, that they're going to have to fight there straight away. But hey, it is what it is. Um, and then the second fight was also somebody else, which is interesting. The, the Charlo brothers are making a lot of noise. And although they're making a lot of noise outside the ring, they're backing it up at this point inside of the ring. And they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're talking loud. They're twin brothers. And they go in there. You see the other brother in the arena going absolutely ham every single time they fight. And I love that. Right. I, I absolutely love that. Right. It's, it's, and it's not a matter of if, just a win. And in this one, this was a, this was a second-round TKO. Them Houston boys out there, real flamboyant with it. And uh, this was Jamel Charlo and uh, Jamal Charlo, sorry. And he, uh, you know, he made quick work of a skinny Hugh Sentinel Slow. Jr., Another skinny, slow, slow dude. And not even slow. Yeah, it was sway me now. Yeah. And uh, and he tried to keep him off of him. But for some reason, that guy decided he wanted to slug with Charlo, which yeah. was a bad decision, obviously. <laughs> poor choice. Yeah, poor choice. Problem I can see with Charlo, with both of the Charlo brothers, is that they're not getting enough rounds. Yeah. So that when they start facing A-level opponents, it's going to be a different animal, and we won't know if they have that dig down or not. Right. And this is very, very important to be battle-tested like that when you want to step in there with the Triple Gs and everything. Well, and he had the nerve to say, two-time world champion, bring on GGG. I want the title belt, bring on GGG. What they call him, GGG? You know he's playing games. You know if you, you want his belt, you should know his name. You know his belts. <laughs> belts. <laughs> and he keeps his belts. Exactly. And you know what? This is a whole different world. Gennady Golovkin is no Hugh Sentineau. No. And uh, and honestly, I haven't seen enough from Charlo to think that he would be able to go more than six rounds. Me either. And I, I mean, I want to see him take a body shot from uh, Triple G and, and then see how he reacts to that because usually that's the telltale. Guys get hit in their body and they're like, what in the world is going on? There's that. And then also the other side that I see is the fact that you see these guys and they slug and they can bang. Same thing happened with Canelo. They hit him with everything that they got, and he snaps his head back like a robot and keeps coming forward. That's just discouraging. It is, and he's saying to you, like, this is what I came here for. That's all you got? (laughs) I needed to test it. I needed to feel it, and I felt it. And I feel like I can walk through you at this point. Exactly. So now I got to chase you down. You're going to (laughs) run all night. I got to chase you down. And I'm willing to take this punishment to to punish you. Now, And And your career will never be the same. It won't. And, And except unless... You are the most dangerous person in the middleweight division, which is Danny Jacobs. In my opinion, Danny Jacobs is the most dangerous dude out there. One six. Maybe they should change his name and to Dangerous Danny Jacobs. Oh, you like that? <laughs> I like the Miracle Man. I like the. Miracle I like the man. dangerous. Not me. I like mm. the fact that he beat cancer, so I'm gonna stick with the Miracle Man. And uh, you know, 
Charlo was talking reckless to Gennady, bef- I mean, to, to Jacobs before this fight. He's not ready to fight. He's Danny been yet. talking crazy, and Danny told him just that. He said, stay, stay down, young brother. You get your chance. <laughs> You're going to get your chance, and it ain't going to be what you wanted. <laughs> Danny will knock him out just like Triple G would probably within six rounds. And I honestly, I wouldn't I think, doubt if he knocked him out in the first round because Danny plays like that. Danny's willing to trade. Yes, yeah, and he's willing to get knocked out. <laughs> he's, what, what can you is. do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I honestly, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, but we'll get into that after we get to the main event. But there wasn't much to analyze in these first two fights, folks. We just saw sharp performances by Tank Davis and by Charlo. And uh, a very serious cheering section that included world champion and high on the pound for pound list, Earl Spence Jr. Yeah. Uh, and Charlo, 154. I mean, they call it strap season. These dudes are in a position where they can potentially run the table if they can step up because Spence has 147 on lock, in my opinion, especially unless Thurman heals up. Uh, and then you have younger Charlo at 154 which I actually think could give Canelo a good fight at 54. Yeah. Um, but I think Canelo wins, to be honest, depending really? on whether or not. You know, if he's so, on the juice or not. It's so, hard, it's so hard to call now. It's so hard to call with the juice. And, um, and then, I, I think that one of the things that happens with the juice more so than anything is that you lose your confidence. And I want to see Canelo bounce back after that. That's because a good point. I feel like that he's probably been on it for a little while and never really got his feet put to the coals. And so now that he's been tested like this, when he actually has to get in there, he's going to have to say, you know, can I do it for real without the help of this this substance? Wow. It's a well, big question. Speaking of that, I felt like Paulie Malinaji had great analysis, just a sidebar into Canelo really quick. I felt like Paulie Malinaji had great analysis of the commission's decision to suspend Canelo for six months with a small fine. Mm, Let's see what he had to say. Six, the six month suspension that Canelo got, what do you make of all that? I'm not going to get into it, man, please. This There's is a fucking, fucking joke. Yeah. <laughs> Come you know what you do? I tell you what you do. You got to give. Listen, if you give a six month suspension, okay, with no fine and no and no uh, consistent drug testing after that, what's the fucking point? The guy can just go home right now and do. He could be doping up right now for all we know. He's suspended. He's not getting tested. He's not doing anything. Okay, the way you handle that, if you want to give a six month suspension and, and let it play out, you fine him. You give a six month suspension and then you put him on a two year probationary period where he's just, he's consistently and strongly random drug tested throughout the next two years. And if he fails any of those tests in the next two years, you add two or three years to that suspension. So then it becomes a two and half your suspension but you know why they won't do that because they don't want to actually catch canelo's cheating because if god forbid you catch this guy cheating again and you got to spend over two three years then you all lose money and it's a big problem so nobody actually wants to fix a testing in mexico Yes, that would be, that's why that's why he missed time surprise, the cycle. Surprise, he missed, surprise. He missed time the cycle. He didn't expect them to show up in Mexico. You know what I mean? He didn't expect he didn't expect them to come show up in Mexico. So he thought like, okay, I'm gonna go to Vegas. By this point, it's gonna clear my system. Nah, my man, we came and surprised you. But I'll tell you what, that's about the time you start testing for a May 5th fight. It's early September, early early February, right? So this guy was doing it during his time off, which is the problem in general for year, if you don't have year-round random drug testing. These guys are gonna do it during their time off consistently. So part of this suspension problem should be six months suspension two year probationary period where you're, you're drug testing all the time consistently randomly consistently for the next two years and if you fail that one you get a two year suspension They're not gonna- you know what I'm fully on board with Paulie on this one and he's, he's upset and I can tell he's upset one of the reasons is because Paulie can never knock anybody out right. and, and he would have benefited he's a from, soft tosser and, but he would have he would have been but he was a good fighter yeah. I can't front on Paulie no, on no, any level a- yeah. it's not a problem that he can't you know he can't lay the thunder on him yeah but, but he was he, fundamentally sound but he's getting hit by guys that are, you know, 
this is where I disagree with him because I feel like they should put in, in, you know, incorporate some of the baseball principles. If you get caught, then pretty soon you are out of the league. Get him out of there. Don't let him fight with these guys because you can kill somebody. Literally. That's murder. <laughs> we heard it already. <laughs> we heard it from Deontay. He told us it's murder. It's murder. And you know, you're right. And uh, Amir Khan actually came out and said exactly that. Amir Khan came out and said, hey, we, Canelo should be kicked out of the league. He should be drummed out forever. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have him anymore. So that's a side note on that. Now, with that, Canelo's probably at home juicing, uh, healing up, and getting ready for what will still be the biggest fight of the year, which is going to be the Triple G Canelo rematch, which I imagine now will take place in – October or something like that, maybe September. I think it's I September because they made it retroactive, so right. they'll be probably right around Labor Day. It's supposed to be. Uh, is it not Mexican Independence Day? But it was. Uh, it was a uh, Mexican holiday, I do believe that. Another, really? Yeah, that they're supposed to be building it around. I'm not up on my my Mexican history holidays, so they they got me on this one. I don't know when it is, but I I know that with the way that they have that, it's going to be with the way that the suspension is retroactive. It'll be. Uh, There'll be plenty of time for them to still fight. But what we wanted to speak to you about in particular was the main event. Now, in the main event, Jesse Vargas, who actually is a very sound fighter, very, very fundamentally sound fighter and a really nice guy, came out and did his work. And Adrian Broner had a new corner man, a new trainer in Keith Cunningham, who actually gave him great advice. Obviously, he gave him great advice throughout the camp, but more importantly, what we could see is he gave him great advice in the corner. Right. And he told him, you got to fight. You got to let your hands go. You keep you keep letting off one punch like you're satisfied, and there's more punches available, and you're not taking them. That's not acceptable. And he kept telling him, kept telling him, honestly, after seven rounds, I had to fight 6-1, maybe 7-0. I had a 7-0, and even the eighth was... <laughs> questionable, you know. The eighth, I, I, the eighth is actually when Broner came on, in my opinion. Yeah, he the came eighth on, but it wasn't. It wasn't like he completely dominated that round. I, I don't know. I think the eighth and ninth he definitely dominated, and somehow or another he squeaks out a draw. Now, in my opinion, again, in my opinion, I had put it up during the fight, during the broadcast, that I thought he was going to need at least a knockdown just to get a draw, let alone a win. He never got that knockdown, but he did come on late. I will say Adrian Broner, as usual, can take a punch. He just takes too many punches. And uh, and not busy enough. He did not win that fight. That's the bottom line. He I don't think he won the fight. I don't think he won the fight because he didn't do enough late. But uh, I, I don't mean, think he didn't, he didn't, he didn't do enough early. I don't think he didn't win the fight because the promoters were against him. He won the fight. He didn't win the fight because he didn't fight enough. Until late. Until late. It was Until too late. late. He was buried. I he needed a knockout. From the 8th to the 12th, he, he, I'll give him 8 to 12. I don't even know if I can give him all of those, but I can give him 8 to 12. Even if you, even if you split it up, I, I still thought he had lost Jesse. I, thought, I, I still had Jesse winning the fight. I had 7-5 if you don't fancy uh, even rounds, but really I had to fight 6-4-2 and two for Jesse Vargas. But the real story isn't that Adrian Broner finally lets his hands go and he, he finally got himself back together and this, that, and the other. The real story are the antics before and after the fight for Adrian Broner. Before the fight, at the press conference, he did something that I actually wasn't mad at. It was a bit crude, but I wasn't mad at it, where he called out Leonard Ellerby, Mayweather Promotions, and everybody else in the room as being fake and actually not wanting to see him shine, almost giving a wink to recognizing that he's a sideshow and that he hasn't had himself together, and yet this is his last chance for romance. 
I appreciated that because there's way too much faking going on in every industry, but especially in anything that has anything to do with entertainment. And it sounded like he had got his piece of humble pie, and he was willing. It to- sounded like that. Yeah, but he tricked us again. And I tell you, he's a, the, the Academy Award for Best Actor <laughs> in a supporting role for Coonery goes to AB. You know what I'm saying? Ha 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 Well, he did it again, and unfortunately, after. The fight is when everything went left, even more so than before the fight. You know he had the beef with the rapper guy from Brooklyn before the fight and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But after the fight, I mean, things literally went all bad for A.B., whether he knows it or not. He tried to snatch the microphone from Jim Gray. Why would you do that? Jim Gray is not a fighter. He's he's an announcer. He's, he, he's an he, analyst. He completely disrespected Jim Gray about his clothes and about this, that, and the other. It was like somebody had told him, hey, go put extras on it. And he decided that he was going to be completely over the top. That somebody was himself. <laughs> I think he's talking to himself. He might be a little punchy. I think he has CTE. I think he will develop CTE. Or PTSD he, or yeah, something. Yeah, he's been hit way too many times. And you couple that with the idea that he, obviously he's not the most intelligent dude uh, walking. But what can you do? I just I, – I really I – I was I – was, incensed and i'm and and this is the last i'm going to report on adrian broner uh actually because this guy he he lost me he lost me with all of this here we go all right well thank you very much hey man fuck all that fuck all that i beat man let me see the hey i beat hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on i beat your ass look at his face it looked like I beat him with that beat man off Martin Luther King with, man. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm an honest man. We went at it for 12 rounds. That's what it was. No, man. That's gay. We can do it again. We can do it again. It's gay. I beat your ass. We can do it again. I beat your ass like you stole something. I beat your ass like you got suspended from school. I beat your ass like you stole my balls, man. We can go get tomorrow if you want. You got me. You bruised up. I'm ready to fight right now, fool. Come on, man. You need a You need peroxide. You need peroxide and alcohol. You need to settle down. You need peroxide and alcohol. What? Your face on 6 9 right now. You a blood? All right. It's a terrible work from Adrian Broner. Poorly played. Stale jokes. Uh, bad punchlines. Poor timing. <laughs> uh, and and you take it as Academy Award way. And then and then uh, yeah, I think we got to you got to Weinstein him. And then hold on a second. There's more. In my town, you know, you know, I, I want to fight in where I'm from. That's how the Mexicans and shit in here. Everybody keep booing me and shit. They want rice and chicken. I want some motherfuckers that want some conies around me. <laughs> All right. Adrian, thank you. Jim Gray didn't even know what to do with that. If you could, if you guys go look up that clip, you'll see Jim Gray's face, and he's like, uh, Are you kidding? <laughs> and Mr. Watson from the promotion company looked in the back like, what? He looked like he wanted to steal on Adrian Broner. <laughs> he's like, you're bringing me down. And uh, let me tell you the truth, guys. There's no space in the game for racism. There's no space in the game of life for that. No, there's not. Because, honestly, if we look at it, and if Gennady Golovkin came out and said, no, I want to go to fight Kazakhstan. Here, it's all of the black people. They want to fry chicken and watermelon. I want to be around people who want Kazakh food. The world would be in an uproar. Right. You know, if 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 this was in any... And, and honestly, I think that the networks and everybody, they have to recognize that the complicity in this as well. It's kind of like the situation with, with the the... the the difference between freedom of speech and hate speech, you know, it's the whole you can't yell fire in a movie theater kind of thing. And and this guy's perspective 
and thinking that it's okay to use this to sell or to 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 acquire is unacceptable. And this is why you you never have to worry about me including speaking on Adrian Broner anymore after this. I'll I'll just report the results of his thing. I never I'm not. He gets no burn from from the ozone, no promotion. Sorry, so what were you gonna say? No, no, I don't even think that it's him not you know knowing what he's doing. It's just a lack of discipline. It's a you know it's a lack of moral character. He has a a problem, an issue. Obviously, he's probably bipolar, but that's still not acceptable. You can't go around ranting and raving. And first of all, you lost the fight. You first and foremost, you lost the fight. Anybody can go back and look at that fight and see he lost the fight. You can't throw that on anybody else. That's you. You were in the ring. Your your coach was telling you, your manager, your trainer was telling you in the in the fight, you need to throw punches. And he didn't do it. Don't come out and be irresponsible. This is another microcosm of society and this new it generation is. where nobody accepts responsibility. He needs to accept responsibility. And then he also needs to accept responsibility and come out and apologize to everybody for what he's done and what he said. I'm not even a PC type of guy. But he's completely out of pocket. And there's, there's no room for being out of pocket like that. You can't go around and just, you know, generalize or any of this kind of stuff, trying to put people down and everything because of my fault. That's his fault. It's his bad. And I don't even think it's his fault or bad that he does this from. I actually, I, I fear that this is actually honest, that this is his actual honest feeling about things, which is what's most disturbing. Which, yeah, about which it. is even worse. I mean, a guy that can think like that and then just like a gumball machine, just drop it from his brain to his tongue and just speak it into existence and act like it's cool. Then how does, how does a guy like him feel when he's walking away from the getting his expensive car and driving away from the arena? Did, did he, did, was he feeling himself then? Was he still saying to himself, you know, I gave it to him? I, I, you know, I'm sure because, you know, he received his payday. Uh, and that's what it's and, all about, and, right? Yeah, he received his payday. He goes home with his kids. And I, I hope he's not teaching his children this buffoonery as well. And and then let's go back to the history element of it. I'm assuming he meant Rodney King instead of Martin Luther King. But this is the yeah. punch of drunkiness of the situation. Um, and you know what? I'm not even going to spend much more time with this bonehead. And I've said it before. I think Broner's been crying out for help. He seemed like he got himself together. Then he knocked a civilian out in Vegas. Uh, you know, this kind of situation, very rarely have we ever seen this end in a positive way. Yeah. Just plain and simple. And overall end, not just end, you know, I'm not just talking about his boxing career. And he seems like the kind of individual that you, you keep hearing it too from. I keep hearing it from all sorts of sources. No, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. When you talk to him, it's a show. I can't accept that kind of a show because not only is there no space for the racism, you know what? You embarrass the race with stuff like that. You sure do. And not only that. You embarrass everybody who's ever been had any kind of dignity and integrity about being proud to be black about being proud to be ethnic, about doing the right thing, about any sort of righteousness, about any sort of protest, boycott, sacrifice, and then you come up with this. Well, and all these young people on social media saying that he doesn't, you know, nobody looks up to him. That's not the point because the point is that he has a platform to speak and he's using it the wrong way. And he doesn't, you know, even if you don't agree with the outcome, you don't have to to spew that poison out there. No, yeah, you can disagree with the outcome. I'm all fine with that. Yeah. But you you don't need to disagree with the outcome to with that as your approach. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't want to report this. on him. I don't even want to, you know, I don't want to hear nothing about him. You know, it's unfortunate because he's just, he, to me, he's a person of bad character, and, you know, and it's just not acceptable.
And you know what? Maybe we'll get lucky and he'll fight Mikey Garcia again and Mikey will beat the crap out of him again. Why don't he do something really dumb and go up there and fight Triple G or something? <laughs> Just so he can just ruin his career, period. Well, I, don't, that's, uh, that's, I don't think you have to worry about that. He's friends with all the guys that would beat him up other than Triple G. And besides that, I don't think he'll go up four weight classes and three weight classes. He he's, might be dumb enough to do it, though. I don't know. Anyways, let's see. After he calms down and the camera is off and it's just the microphones, let's hear what he had to say then. Um, you know what? It's up to my advisors, Al Heyman, Guadalupe Valencia. I'm willing to run it back again if Broner wants to. And then I'm willing now, to... if you want to. Let's do it then. So they, all right, guys, huh? Come on, guys, we gotta go. We have a rematch. All right, we gotta go. We gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What's that? Both of them. Yeah, yeah. That's how I do. That's how I do when I chase on the women I want. So is there gonna be a rematch? Of course, I, I ain't tripping. My shoe is tied, and sometimes I ain't even got laces. So you want to rematch? Let's do it. Hey, Jesse. Yeah. You heard the first score was close. What did you think? I'm a winner. So you didn't think I know I was a winner. But, but, but me knowing the game, I knew they was going to try to pull something. I didn't cuss out the promoter. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I, honestly, I beat them 7 5. That's all honesty. My time out on box. How much do you think you can press back there? Let's go. Huh? Um, this is just the first uh, fight with Kevin. You know, uh, it, was, it was a very different um, training camp. And um, I felt great. Um, as you can see, uh, I'm clean as a whistle. I ain't got a scratch on me. I look good. I look like I just walked in the ring. He fucked up. He probably got to spend the night in the hospital. Why, why do you think the judges gave him the rounds they did? I mean, who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, maybe if my skin complexion was a little lighter, I, I have uh, lesser taxes. Adrian, he seemed very tired. In the, in the this guy. This is unbelievable. Whereas in real life, if we want to go over it, Adrian Broner has gotten the benefit of the doubt in every single scenario where he could. And it's all because he's with Mayweather Promotions. Pretty much. And he got this fight because he's with Mayweather Promotions. He got the crap beat out of him by Mikey Garcia. He got the crap beat out of him by Chino Maidana. And that kid Adrian Granados beat him and they gave sure him did. and they gave him the decision. And then on top of that, after he loses every time, he's right back fighting for some sort of a title that they make up for him so that they can continue to try to stuff him down the public's throat because he's a, a coon. Because he's willing to tap dance for the man, and also and Uncle Tom and everything else, the whole nine, and also because they've invested money in him, and in the investing of the money in him, they're they're now trying to make sure that they get that money out of him, and they don't care if he gets beat to a pulp or whatever else. Yeah, but you know what, boxing. This is another problem with boxing being unorganized because there has to be some kind of punishment for things like this. Okay, I can understand selling the fight. This is after the fight. This is him. This is not even him trying to sell part two of that. His. This is him being a a bad person. This is just him. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so there has to be some kind of sanctioning body or something that could step in and say, you know what, you're out of line. We're going to censor you for, uh, you know what, six months or something. You know. As if they were doing it, as if he was on the juice or something. There needs to be some some kind of punishment. They can't. Obviously, there's not, but there needs to be something there to hold these guys accountable. Well, and this is boxing, though, so people are actually fine with that. People are fine with there not being anything, and it's just ultimately, it's really unfortunate, really unfortunate. Um, but coming up this weekend, we got another 
interesting. We, our man is back. The Miracle Man is back. Danny Jacobs fights this weekend against Mas- Masij Suleki. And uh, I'm really excited for Danny to just get more rounds and just to get in the ring. Uh, this dude is undefeated that he's fighting, and it should be a really good card. It's going to be on HBO, on the home team, on HBO Boxing, I do believe, a premier boxing championship. And uh, and he also got to see get to see Jarrell Big Baby Miller, one of the heavyweights out there looking to do damage. Yeah, I'm He's going to be on that card. Yeah, yeah, ever since we ran into him. I know mm-hmm. you're very interested in seeing, really? <laughs> seeing the big fella mix it up. A big dude, man. That is yep. a humongous guy. Yep. And we got female lightweights fighting. We got Katie Taylor and uh, Victoria Bustos. They're they're also mixing it up on that card. And up north of the border, we got uh, Canadian, the, the greatest Canadian fighter of all time, the, the women's champion, eight-time champion, Jelena Marjinovic, is fighting in her 50th bout uh, up there in Edmonton. One of which, Jelena, good luck against her French woman, her fellow, I don't know if you call him a Frenchman. I guess you would call her against the French woman. Uh, that she's fighting on Saturday. A lot of boxing going down, a lot of good action. I'm going to try to hit you with a, a maybe an espresso shot right before the fights so that we can give you a more uh, a deeper analysis. But moving on, the Boston Red Sox got no hit, ladies and gentlemen. The best team in baseball got no hit. And to me, it was pretty interesting that Sean Manea was the guy to do it. Um, there was some helpful scoring involved in that. Did you watch that? Yeah, they got Ben Attendee. They got Ben Attendee. <laughs> he thought he had him a knock, too. Did. Got him a couple times. Yeah. One was that one when he when slid, you know, with the tag. But the other one was the shortstop. Uh, who's that, Marcus Simeon? The shortstop mm-hmm. tried to make a catch, and basically it was an over-the-shoulder catch, a very difficult ch- catch, and it bounced off of his glove, but they gave him an error on it instead of a hit. This is another problem in baseball right now. Unfortunately, the, the official scorekeeping is a little loose right now. You know, there's a lot of homer homerism going on. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> there is. There's a lot of that going down. I, you know, and I don't know what you do to fix it. Because what, are you going to bring in a, just an official scorekeeper that's not local? Yeah, probably you can go over that. You know, you can have a guy or a group of people, uh, uh, another sanctioning body or something, that would go over the, the games and then look back and say, you know what, that's a knock. You know, because you don't want you don't want guys to. I mean, I'm happy for Manea, but it's tainted, tainted love. I don't know. I don't think you ain't gonna it, taint it. No, I'm not taint gonna taint it. it. I'm not gonna tainted taint it. Love. <laughs> <laughs> tainted love. Tainted oh. love. No, I don't. I don't think it's tainted love. Uh, it is what it is, and I think that now what's going down is is we're gonna see that uh, the Boston Red Sox are gonna have to explode. To, to <laughs> teach somebody a lesson, yeah, right? teach somebody a lesson. Even <laughs> though it's you know you can't win 125 games, they've barely lost any games. They've doubled their loss total against the A's this weekend, right? And that's Oakland's World Championship, right there. Being able to do that, they're not. Everybody knows Oakland's not going anywhere. That's them. You know they they're going to hang that this season in their banners. This is it for them, right? How can you get better than no hitting the best team in baseball? I don't know. I mean, you can make the playoffs. <laughs> You can know <laughs> they can't. <laughs> is what you could try to do. And the New York Yankees brought up famed Liba. Yeah, famed famed prospect that we've been hearing about for feels like about a decade since the kid was about eight years old. I know, right? Glaber Torres came up and uh and it was funny because Jaime Garcia carved him just out of his own anxiousness. But but he looks man, the kid's a stud. He is a stud. That's why he had him. He's supposed to have been the you know the successor to Derek Jeter. Yeah. 
Yeah. Until we found out that Didi Gregorius was. Until we found out that Didi was serious. Yeah, Didi was supposed to just be keeping it warm for him. And he's now. Now he's, we got to move that kid over to the to the <laughs> two bang. But that kid's supposed to be the real deal as well. The Yankees have a lot of talent. It's just how are they going to put it together? That's that's the question. Well, and this is what this is what Aaron Boone is being charged with doing. But they better hurry up and do it because if the Red Sox stay hot like this, which they won't, but if they if they stay hot, you can get buried, and you can't afford that. I think they're going to bury him. I think they're going to bury everybody. Really? Yeah, they're going to bury everybody in the East. And what's going to happen is that the teams like the Yankees are going to have to play for a wild card, which is a bad situation because you're going to probably have to play against somebody like Minnesota or the Angels, and it's a problem, you know, because you're going to have to extend yourself so much to be able to get to that next level. And I, I really feel like they the slow start is going to hurt them. Really, yeah. really bad. You know that old adage, they say you can't win the pennant in uh, but you can lose it in April, but you can lose it. We're going to see. I mean, I'm very happy. What are they, the way they're the back like seven and a half right now. Baseball right? season is shaping up. Uh, yeah, I think they're back seven and a half. It's a Let's lot of see. games. It's a lot of games early. <laughs> I mean, Boston needs to get really cold. Oh, no, they're only back five and a half. That's not that many games. Oh, be because they lost the two to the— They um, lost two, and the, and the Yankees won two. The Yankees beat the, the Blue Jays twice. Mm-hmm. So actually—and the Yankees are now uh, above 500. Toronto's got to be the surprise in that division, and they're playing over their heads, in my opinion, even though they got a lot of young talent. Yeah. They they rebuilt the Cardinals in a lot of ways, but they got a lot of young talent over there getting it done. Um, hopefully, we have all of the the weather delays behind us for the most part, and we can actually get to playing ball. I think that has a, you know, that, that plays a factor in it. And, uh, Somebody that I'm always happy to talk about who got cheated in his money, but he proves and he shows and proves every single year is Mr. Johnny Cueto. And that's why you're wearing a Gigante's hat. Ah, I knew there was a reason. Johnny Cueto's the best pitcher in baseball, folks. 0.36. 3 5. 3 5. I'm sorry, I took a tenth away from him. Can't do that. I can't. Can't take his tithe and offering (laughs) because he's offering up cheese and sliders and change ups. And change ups. And And he shut down the deliveries. And he's. You know, it's all about messing up timing. He has a just enough velocity to to get the ball by you. You can't sit on anything. He's a problem. Yeah, and he's been one of the best pitchers in the of the last what six or seven years. Yeah, without question. Yeah, and nobody for the ever, longest nobody speaks about nobody it. Nobody ever gives him credit. He's right there with Kershaw and Scherzer and yeah. Bumgarner. He just had a bad year last year. Yeah, and and, and he doesn't put up crazy numbers. He puts up, numbers. He puts up, he puts up good numbers. Yeah, he puts up good numbers. But he's consistent, and, and, and you want him there, except for when he was in Cincinnati, you want him there in the big game, except for the, against the Pirates. For some reason, right. they had his number. But other than that, he's a world champion. He went to Kansas City. He helped them get over the hump. Yep. He's, he's the real deal. He's but the real he's deal. still, he's like, a, you know, nobody And when ever. his number came up, they, instead they gave Zach Greinke $216 million. He was struggling to get 125 And Zach Greinke let you know off the top that he didn't want to be in a big-time situation. He let you know. I'm I'm completely here for the for the vanity. <laughs> Let's take the easy road. Right. Slow ride. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm happy with it. Mookie Betts looks like he's very upset that people don't talk about him being the best player in baseball anymore. <laughs> Which he is. Because he's going crazy. Going absolutely nuts. They're still talking about, you know, they still don't give him the props that he's in. If you don't consider him the best player in baseball, you have to give him at least the top three. There's nothing Mookie Betts can't do. There's nothing he can't do well. Nothing on the baseball field that he can't do well. And he's a leadoff hitter now. Yeah, he's a 5-2 player, (laughs) man. He's giving me Rick. He's giving you Rick right now. Give me Ricky Henderson. Speaking of Rick, George Springer's going to end up breaking Rick's record. For leadoff home runs? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these new guys got crazy pop. But if that was Rick's focus, I still, I mean, you know. No no question. Rick even told us. I was about to say, don't, don't, don't. (laughs) 
Let's let's not leave that as a as a one sided argument there. Yeah, but I'm just saying that a guy like George Springer, that's leading off games like he is, hitting those kind of home runs. I oh mean, yeah, it's a crazy offense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, now, if I'm starting an all time fantasy draft, you can give me Ricky Henderson. As far as maybe not for fantasy, but if I'm talking all time, all time fantasy, I, yeah, who I, else are you going Especially if you're in the league that gives double points for stolen bases. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you crazy walks 130. <laughs> he bats like 320, 330, he, he 24 bombs. It's still enough. It's enough. Twenty something bombs. Twenty bombs. Ribeyes. Hundred ribeyes. Hundred ribeyes. Maybe maybe eighty ribeyes. Hundred runs scored. Hundred thirty bags. I don't know how many walks. It's a problem. It's a problem. He was all-time leader of walks before Barry Bonds juiced up and took it from him. Good point. Good point. Touche. Oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Dodgers should hopefully get back on track because they're playing the minor leagues this week. They're playing the Miami Marlins. And uh, Watch that kid over there. That kid is uh, nice. Is it Jarlin? Yeah. He's, and they got that other kid, third base. It's really nice. Yeah. That kid's name, Mike. Brian Anderson. Uh, Brian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Very Mr. Anderson. Name. Yeah. Oh, you know what I was happy to see? What? I was happy to see Tyson Ross come back. Yeah, he's dealing. I think that he they played a bit with him with his no-hitter bit because usually when you watch a guy who throws that many pitches, and I'm not even a yeah, believer in a pitch guy. Yeah, pitches. Like the <laughs> next not, time he's coming out, right, he's getting Right, the next dug. time he's coming out, he's getting dug. Unless he's, he's Corey Kluber gutted. or Verlander. Yeah, he's getting gutted. But they didn't, did they throw 130 pitches? And they're in their no hit. No, those guys throw like one oh six. Yeah, they, they get it. It's a tight no hitter. It was an efficient no hitter. His yeah. wasn't efficient like that. He was struggling at the end, and he just he's just coming off a major injury. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. I I wouldn't it, doubt if he struggles. He may be one of the guys, one of the few guys that actually bounces back from thoracic outlet surgery. Yeah. I really hope he is. Yeah. Because the the homie Matt, Matt is struggling, and they're yeah. putting him in the bullpen, and he's sour. Yeah. And and I, I'm not mad at him. He's supposed to be sour. You're not supposed yeah. to enjoy that. No. He was the king of New York for a long time. Sure was. For, not for a long time, but, but for, for a, a yeah, good year and a half, for maybe a nice two years. pinch. For more than most people ever get to smell it. Right. Let's say that. Let's say that. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to keep that one moving. Actually, I want to cover something, and I got a caller. I got a caller who wants to speak on the state of the NBA with a playoff update. Mm. Hey, what's up, DC Sly, live on the Ozone. You sound like you're. they got you trapped in the closet. Is R. <laughs> R. Kelly with you? Uh, what's going on, man? <laughs> uh, long time, long time. Got DC slide back for, if no other reason, because his beloved Indiana Pacers are in the process of blowing a 2-0 lead against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's happening in the NBA, Bird? What happened? What happened, DC slide? I thought Oladipo had it. First of all, I gotta say I love the smell of fresh playoffs in the morning <laughs> because they're playing from the time you wake up on the West Coast. The games are on, <laughs> which is lovely. Man, the icons in the house. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening to you, baby. Yo, I got. I got to start off by saying I got to give props to icons. I think a while back, you know, we got a good laugh when he said Drew Holiday was a superstar. Yeah, oh, stop I mean, it. And what, because you know why? Because he wasn't a superstar, and he still isn't a superstar. Yes. He's playing well, well but on, he's man. not a superstar. Yes, he's a superstar. Anthony Davis is a superstar. No, he's a superstar. Drew Holiday is Drew not a Hol- superstar. Drew Holiday's numbers are through the Look at Olipo. I said the same thing about him. And now Oladipo is a star. When you're talking about superstar, you're talking about guys that the, your average fan – does not know who Drew Holiday is. They don't even know how to say his name. <laughs> Drew. It, it, it's, it's Drew. It's not Drew. <laughs> Drew. Or it's Drew League. Or or like Victor. How is it? Oda Oda Lipo. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but so, I, but but yeah, you know what? These guys are lighting it up. And young guys. Yeah, these young guys and and they 
Odalipo had had the potential. He was playing well in in uh, OKC. No, no, he was he was in uh, Miami, not Miami. Oh, Orlando, but, uh, Orlando. Oh, he sure was before Orlando. he went to go Actually, play. I liked him in Orlando more than I even like him now. No, I watch his really. game now, and honestly, and I'm not mad at his game now, obviously. But I watch his game now, and I can see why with the proper adjustments and with the defense focusing on him, how they can slow him down and shut him down. I don't believe they can shut him Not down. Not shut him down. Yeah, you can't just, shut down any score in the NBA now. I just think that uh, when you go play with Russell Westbrook, you, then you become a doorstop. <laughs> that's where know. that's where your career oh, goes man. to die. I can't believe it. Oh, no. I can't we believe that. We have to agree that. to disagree and just, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's keep it pushing. Alone, I guess. No, but, uh, yeah, man, the Pacers, the, hey, the Pacers got a better team. They're, they're better than the Cavs. I think, I think LeBron is just, Mind over matter. He's on his Dianetics, Elbron Hubbard. And, uh, <laughs> Elbron Hubbard. I love it. The team on his back. Yeah. The team on his back. He's the MVP, man. Everybody needs to stop playing. <laughs> Every year. And everybody acts like he's not, and he is. He's the MVP. As much as you hate him or whoever, don't like him, whatever. I, I saw some I saw some crazy <laughs> number that, that, uh, that Colin Coward put out today. Some crazy stat, which is. When LeBron James isn't on the court, for the couple of minutes that he actually does sit out, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are neg 20. When oh. when James oh. Harden is not on the court. Traveling? When he's not traveling on the court, he's actually catching a flight and traveling somewhere <laughs> to the strip club. No, when James Harden isn't on the court, the Houston Rockets are plus 36. So wow. what this really says is that LeBron James is everything to this team. It's unbelievable because yeah. you're watching this guy. He's got three people guarding him, and he still puts up monster numbers. And all he yeah. needs is a little help. A yesterday's game, Kyle Korver gave him a little help. Yes. Then, and all he had to do was to get a little bit of the attention off of him so he could go get busy. And I, I, I give it to the Pacers. The Pacers actually tried the tactic that I would try if I was playing them, and they tried to rough him up. Yeah, and it didn't work. Yeah, I, I love I love Lance. I love Lance. I think Lance is the only player ever I've seen really get under his skin like he, that. He really does frustrate um, him. And Bron plays a good job. He does a good job of acting like it doesn't bother him. But he gave him some himself, though. He gave Lance some last night. He I did. See. Yeah, he gets in there on him. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good series to watch, too. It's a good series it's to watch, but series. I think that we've just watched the the. I think we just watched the the Cleveland the Cavaliers. <laughs> Uh, and the rest, and, and LeBron supporting cast wake up and recognize like, wait a minute. So all we have to do is a bare minimum, and he can do everything. All right, I can do that. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think George Hill is. I won't go as far as to say he's a loser, but I don't think George Hill is the fit there. And I don't, I've never thought that George Hill was a big time player when he was in San Antonio, when he was anywhere else, and or when he was in Indiana for that matter. And him not starting. Actually helped them last night. Well, him yeah, being hurt, bad back, huh? Yeah, and but it, it helped them because Calderon is there to play. Calderon is like an improved Delavadova, if you will. Well, I like Jordan yeah, a little Clarkson, craftier, right? Little craftier. Yeah, I yeah, like Jordan Clarkson a lot. Off the bench, but but what what Calderon did was he 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 plays with an edge. He's not, you know what I mean. He's not. It's not. He's not messing around. What else? What else? The Cavs had too was the rest. <laughs> then there's nah, that. Man. I don't. I don't really agree with that. I think that. that's the Indiana Homer. Let, let, that's. I think up, the let, Indiana Homer my, is the my problem. There. My problem with let, the with the refs let, and everything. Let's pull up the free throw numbers. But the, but Indiana wasn't attacking like that. One of my problems is that which all the NBA is just three crazy. My problem is that you can almost call a foul when LeBron touches the ball every single time, just like when Shaq was in the league. And we really don't respect him as the superstar that he is. I agree with so, that. So so they they really just blow it off like it. Oh, oh well, you're LeBron, so we get the fouling. 
And so when you talk about you know the disparity in the in the the free throws, it's I mean it's not valid. If they called fouls for LeBron like they called yeah, for Harden, yeah. Harden, I mean LeBron might put up sixty a night, fifty yes. a night, honestly. That's true, I, but you know, I mean, Harden's whole game is based off of drawing a foul. He's like, <laughs> he's like LeBron. He's like LeBron and Manu Ginobili had a baby or something. <laughs> <laughs> and what did they name it? <laughs> what did they name that baby? <laughs> they named him James Harden. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is hilarious! That's hilarious. Yeah, man. So, do you think that the, do you think the Pacers can come back? I do. I got to say I do. What are the adjustments they can make? Because the problem that I see is they get caught up. They need to go to the rack and pound, and they get caught up in the three-point. They get get caught up in the three-point game for no reason. All these teams are caught up in the three-point game for no reason. Even the Cavaliers. Especially the Cavaliers. And that's not even that game. The Cavs have always done that, though. If you look at the last few years, that's not the pace of the game. You're right. They need to take it to the rack more. And, uh they, that's that's pretty much it. I take it to the rack. I think uh, you know Oladipo just needs to attack, get to the hoop a lot more, uh, like he usually does. And I think they're good. I think they can wear them out. The longer the series goes, the worse it is for LeBron. I mean, but not for Indiana. <laughs> He'll be all right with Indiana. They, they're going to be. Indiana. It'll be worse for yeah. It'll be worse for LeBron in future rounds, especially yeah. because. I, honestly, the sleeper team in the playoffs on East and West, in my opinion, are the Philadelphia 76ers and the Pelicans. The, the, I, don't, not, I don't think the Pelicans are real. I think they just shot their wad. Are the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I believe the Minnesota Timberwolves can beat the Rockets because D'Antoni teams are always eligible to get upset yeah. when anybody plays any kind of defense. Always. And, and, always. and honestly, they could have snatched one. They could have snatched one uh, uh, in Houston. That game one, I do believe it was. They could have won that game one. Or was it two? Yeah. Carl, it was game one. Carl, it was one, right? Yeah, it was game one. Yeah, it was game one. Carl Anthony Towns, man, he's still pretty young for a big man, but it, it, for them to win, he's got to be dominant like he was that last game. He's got to really. He just got to be game. included. I don't even. Yeah. I think he's no, gonna be dominant if he's included. But hasn't he putting up a double double every game so far? Yeah, but they barely. He only got like nine shots the first two games. I mean, that team is full of superstars. Yeah. That team is stacked. I don't know about their yeah, full of superstars, but they're stacked. I mean, they have teeth. Love a good superstar. This guy is the most liberal superstar in the world. By the way, er- Ernie's a superstar engineer. Yeah, you're my superstar. That's my man. <laughs> but we, what are you talking about? That, that team is stacked. You got Andrew Wiggins, not a superstar to you, but you did to, to the world. No, to to you in Minnesota. Come on, and then, and then you have Teague. Why do you do? You this? have Teague. Why do you do this? You have Teague. You have Jimmy Chuck Butler. Teague is not a superstar. You have you have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is and a you have and you have Cat. Drew- Carl Anthony Towns is not a superstar. Are you crazy? Carl Anthony Towns is an all star. He's a he's a he's star. a superstar. Superstars don't get Dude, nine shots in a game. But they 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 shouldn't. But he did. But <laughs> come on, come on, dude. This is four twenty. This is not four twenty. Come on, <laughs> my brother is reverting back to four twenty. His memory, uh, his mind is messed up. Here, man, dude. You're crazy, bro. Go ahead, crazy, dude. No way, man. Superstars, superstars or not. Man, what, what, I, what I did want to say about Houston, though, is, you know, living in, living in Phoenix for six years, I got to watch those uh, Dan Tony teams out there, and I, I got to see the cheating up close and personal, but that's a whole <laughs> different story. But all they're really doing, I mean, you see it, you know, CP3 is playing Nash's role, Harden is playing Rajah Bell's role, although 10 times better. 
and what's his name? Capella is in the Stoudemire role. But see, and I mean, this is and, why they have. This is why guys like Dan Tony get paid endlessly. It's because they create a system that they yeah. can duplicate. And in yeah. that, you yeah. see it. He he actually has done a good job of duplicating his system in three different cities. It's just that his system doesn't win championships. You know, his system is entertaining. Yeah. The, the, the no defense system, and and it's it's, it's a pure yeah. offense yeah. system, and yeah. it's entertaining. I actually think this is the best incarnation because of the roster uh, that yeah. we've seen of yeah. it. Because you also have yeah. big guys who play D. You got big guys like Nene. You got big guys like Capella who who are two way guys. You know. Yeah, he's giving them. They're giving him his dream personnel for the system. I think. Yeah, yeah that's a great and, way to put uh, it. And every and every year, I think the league becomes a little bit more friendly to that style as well. So I mean, oh no question, a- especially when you allow James Harden to travel. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude, that's too far. <laughs> yeah, that move was ridiculous. I give him credit though; it was so smooth. It was so smooth and real and uh, real speed. You didn't even notice it. No, it just it looked so like a replay. nice dance move. Just look yeah. nice, but yeah, no, you know. Now, there's one last thing I want to post to you about about the NBA and where they are right now, which is, you know, it used to be just unanimous that the West was a better division, a better conference than the East. But if we look at the lack of parity now, we're looking at two potential sweeps in the West and none in the East. Even though San Antonio squeaked out a game, I don't think anybody expects them to actually put up much more of a fight. Um, do you think the power balance has changed and the East is actually a mammoth? It's it's starting to swing. It's starting to even out, I say. Uh, I think the East is obviously more well-balanced in their, their top team, as, you know, as you see with the finish there in the playoff race and everything. So I definitely agree with that. And the young talent, I mean, they got some great, great young talent over there with Philly and, and Milwaukee and um, – so yeah, yeah, there's a swing. There's, there's a swing starting. I, I give him that. I just think that it's yeah, like a, it. it's interesting. I like it too because it makes since the NBA is insistent on milking the first uh, round to be seven games, you now at least have teams that are. It's not like how LeBron has been running through the East, and it's really like, man, this is ridiculous. Why does he have to play these games? You're just waiting for a guy to get hurt. It's like he shouldn't right. have been playing right now. It's an extra game, and now you see yeah. what's going on. I think the Wizards have come out and made a very big statement coming back and winning there too. Toronto is like the 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 D'Antoni of the East in the sense that they're always suspect. You can always you, you could get by yeah. Toronto. You I don't care what their ranking is. Toronto is not right. above the law on giving you an upset opportunity. Toronto is hoping that LeBron yeah, loses so bad <laughs> they don't know what to do. They are they better be worried about getting out of DC. They can't yeah, beat LeBron. Do I don't now. care. I mean, it's almost him playing by himself. He they they have a a great team, a well above average team. They really do, and and, and they, just, they just can't a, get it together. There's a, there's a mental there's a mental lack there. It is. That's the only thing I could I could say. It's got to be a mental issue. There's no reason on paper they shouldn't just run through the East and you know get to the championship, the uh, Eastern Conference Championship. But I mean, but we know they won't every year. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and then you got you know you got a team like the Celtics, a team like the Celtics with all their injuries, and you know I mean coming back next year, you know as long as they stay healthy, I can see them being dominant. Um, I don't know, man. 
I don't see anybody beating Philadelphia for the next few years once they learn how to win. I think the coach Especially needs to LeBron learn how to win. win. I mean, forget about it. I wonder if him going there would even mess up the team, to be honest. But, uh, but I, you know, they got a lot of talent, like crazy nuts over-the-top talent. But either way it goes, it's going to be interesting to watch them develop. Right, exactly. And that starting lineup is just long. I mean, you got seven yeah. foot, six ten, six ten, six nine. Right. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. And I you really Milwaukee pre- was trying to put something together like that too with that link. So that seems to be the new prototype. Uh Jason Kidd messed that up. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh Jason Kidd messed that up. It's upset. All right, DC Sly, thanks for calling in. We'll check in with you before the uh, the series is over to see if the Pacers are still in the game. And thanks for giving me my props. It's hard to come by in, in the oh, old no zone. Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I figure I'd give you something. Give uh, you uh, thank you for throwing me a bone. Right. You're a superstar caller. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> in those zone. Don't prove me wrong. Don't keep throwing it out there like that, though. You know, that's old. Just, that's old. He's trying to bring me down. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring him down. <laughs> trying to bring me down. No, I'm trying to bring him to reality. <laughs> he got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sly. We talk to you soon. Oh, late. All right, y'all. <laughs> oh man, always fun with the friends of the Ozone. That's about all I got, folks. Wanted to send out a uh, a shout out to everybody dealing with depression and darkness right now. Lost a buddy this weekend, Vern Troyer, uh, known to the world as Mini Me, amongst many other roles that he played. Great dude. The guy was going through a lot, and. Uh, it got the best of him in the end. Thank God he was baptized before he checked out. But uh, if you are feeling down about yourself, ladies and gentlemen, reach out to your friend circle. And if they don't respond, reach out farther than that. There's nothing wrong with seeking help when you need it. We're all in this thing together. And I want to leave you with a quote. A quote from Dan Gable. This is who I'm going to go with on this one. And this is a metaphor, folks, so follow me. Gold medals aren't really made of gold. They're made of sweat, determination, and a hard-to-find alloy called guts. This is true, and this can apply to your life and mine. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.